our gospel this morning, we see that we have this interesting, if not bizarre, if not scandalous, even encounter between Jesus and this woman. A lot of things can be said just on the front that she's a Canaanite woman and you can have an entire homily there and the significance of that, that Jesus's message and he came not just for the Jews, but drawing forth out of him that it's that his message is for, for everyone, the Gentiles and, and beyond. That'd be one homily. We're not going to do that. What we want to look at on a deeper level of this encounter between Jesus and this woman, we want to look at kind of what's going on in the heart in this encounter between this woman and Christ. I think what we'll see is that this woman is really someone to be held up almost as a hero of sorts. Because this woman does something here, we'll see, that most of us, if not all of us, have a very difficult time doing. And so it's important for us to learn from this woman so as to grow in our spiritual lives, but not just our spiritual lives, to, it, it, it impacts all of our relationships and just to have a flourishing life in general. What we, two things staying engaged, and two things for us to avoid. So first, staying engaged. Like I said, we don't know much about this woman. I mentioned already that we know she's a Canaanite woman, and that would be another homily. But we know, the other thing we know is that she's a mother. And she's a mother who's in pain, a mother who's suffering who's really in a spot, a mother who's in a spot of utter desperation because she has a daughter who's in really, really bad shape. We don't know, the text says that the woman's daughter is tormented by a demon, so she could be actually possessed by a demon. Or, you know, back then people associated a lot of times any diseases or illnesses with demonic possession. So it could be an actual possession or the daughter could just be really, really sick. She could be disabled. The daughter could have a disease, maybe struggling with an addiction. Maybe, maybe she's maybe struggling with depression. Nonetheless, we know that the, the, the woman, we don't know what's wrong with the daughter, but we know that the mother's agonizing as she watches her daughter suffer. And note that the text says even that the woman, when she sees Christ, she says to him, have pity on me. She says, Lord, help me. Her daughter's misery has become her own. Right? A lot of us know what that's like of having a loved one, watching a loved one suffer, where their suffering and their misery has become our own. And it's actually to a point where the, the, the misery and suffering that we're feeling watching a loved one suffer has actually become more intense than what even would be my own suffering from myself. And so with this, of course, she has this intense longing and desire for her daughter to be healed. And she expresses those desires to Jesus as she cries out. And her desires, her, her, her wants, her plea, they go unmet. In fact, Jesus gives a three-step three denial, which is, as I said, could be even scandalous. 
First, he doesn't say a word to her. Secondly, he rejects her when she comes back again. And then when the woman comes back a third time, he, he humiliates her by describing her or, or, as like a dog. A lot could be said on what Jesus is doing here. To try to sum it up succinctly, we would just say, Jesus is taking her desire, which is already so deep, and he wants to go even deeper. He wants her to get he wants her to go even deeper into, into her desire. He wants it to become more raw. He wants her to become more vulnerable and open with him. He's in, in the process is it's like this three-step layer deeper and deeper into his own heart, deeper union, deeper intimacy. And you know, it, it's helpful to remember that just the point of life, the spiritual life, is for us to grow in union with God. We will all either spend eternity with God in heaven, one with him, or we spend eternity in hell completely separated from him. Those are the two ends. And so these desires, even though these desires for this woman, they go unmet, she expresses them, they go unmet, the woman stays engaged. As if to say, Lord, you can give me the silent treatment, you can reject me, you can even humiliate me. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here because there's nowhere else to go. As I'm in misery and my daughter's in misery, you're the only one that can do something about it. You're, there's no one else for me to place these desires upon. Nobody else can fulfill my desires and my longings the way you can. And so I'm staying right here and I'm staying engaged. It's extremely difficult to do that. I mentioned before, as humans, we're like one big ball of need. You can say we're kind of one big ball of desire. You know, I look at my nieces and nephews, you know, the, the small ones when they're still babies and they're crying all the time. It's always like this, what do they want? What's their need? Like, do, are they tired? Are they hungry? Do they need to be fed? Do they need to be burbed? Do they, do they, do they need to be changed? Do they just need to be put on the, their stomach or they want to go on their side? And then as, as we get older, those desires and our, and our wants, they go from that to now just deeper things that just are, can be even gut-wrenching at times. We deeply desire, when we deeply desire and want something and it goes unmet, there is disappointment and pain that comes with it. And not a person in this church this morning doesn't know what that's like. You've gone to God asking for healing or help in, in an area in your life, and it has not yet come. A couple who longs to conceive a child. A man or a woman who, who, who longs to be married and hopes for it and wants for it. And not, and not even relating this to God, but also, again, look at the key relationships in our lives, longings and wants that we have for her or for him, that maybe my hopes that just continue to go unmet. These are examples that we know deep that are just, they're, they're painful, they're brutal. When these desires go met, there's great pain. And it's a difference between spiritual life and spiritual death depends on whether or not we stay engaged with Christ. 
The problem is staying engaged is painful, so we often disengage. Which brings me, secondly, to the two things for us to avoid. We typically, when we don't engage, we typically disengage in one of two ways. First is cynicism. Repeated disappointment a lot of times leads to cynicism. All right, we, post, we post my homilies on YouTube, and from time to time, I'll take a glance at the, the comments that people place or put on a given homily. And I, and I looked this past week at the homily that we posted from last week, which, if you remember, we talked about there's not a person that doesn't know what it's like and feels at times as if they're sinking. There's a woman who commented on that and said this. She says, I've cried for help on a daily basis to Jesus for years, but he doesn't care, but he doesn't care enough to help. I'm alone in this world. He seems to only help his friends, nobody else. You can hear the pain there. You can even hear her disengaging. I'm alone in this world. I'm not gonna ask for God for help anymore because he doesn't listen anyways. It's pointless. He doesn't care. So a wall of cynicism goes up that allows me to protect myself from continuing to get hurt, from continuing to get rejected, from continuing to have unmet desires. See, the wall of cynicism that we can put up towards God and we can even put up towards key relationships in our lives, a spouse, a parent, a child, whatever it might be. The wall of cynicism, what it is, is deadly for the soul. It kills marriages, it kills priesthood, and it kills our relationship with God. The Canaanite woman would not allow the pain, the rejection to lead to cynicism. To, to, if she wouldn't allow it to expecting too little, but rather she stayed engaged and she had great things, expected great things from Christ. The second way we disengage is that we deaden our desire or we bury our desires, which is different than cynicism. Right? This is when Right? When, we, when our longings, our groanings, they continue to be met with disappointments over and over and over again, year after year, the pain gets to be just too much, so I just deaden the desire. Again, someone responded to that, to that comment on YouTube. They responded to that woman, and this, this guy says this. He says, this is to that woman now. He says... You're not alone. I'm in the same boat. And I've kind of got to the point where I, just don't where I just don't care at all anymore. Here's where you hear the deadening of the desire of this young man. He's like, yeah, I've been in that spot. I've asked, I've, I've, related, I've, ex I've expressed the, the, the prayers and the desires. And now I'm at the spot where I just don't care anymore. It is pivotal for us to know that it's 
in the very crying out to God and being honest and vulnerable with our pain and our unmet desires is what is the is the very avenue or as someone said it's the portal it's the doorway of, of growing deeper in our relationship with God it's a portal and doorway of growing in closer relationship with anyone Example from my own life is when I was discerning priesthood and choosing between two good things, priesthood and marriage. Choosing between those and noticing a desire to get married and have kids. And also here comes this, this, this desire, like the Lord might be calling to become a priest. After entering seminary, the desire to get married and have kids doesn't just go away. So okay, I, I, I'm I'm going to the seminary to become a priest. Magically, the desire to, to or the desire for marriage and having a family it's just going to go away now. The the seminary could take on young men. Bring young men come wanting to become priests and say, okay, you want to be a priest. Whenever the desire for marriage comes up, or desire to to, to have kids come up, whenever that comes up, just just deaden that desire. Can I just brush that under the rug a little bit? No. That's the exact thing not to do. You get in like you 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 fall upon trouble when you if you do that. If, if every time, right? So so when 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 a thought even for me now of of desire to 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 be married or have kids and that come up, it's like, well, you know, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna, that's painful there. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna deaden that desire. I'm gonna pretend that's not there. That's 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 misunion and intimacy and communion with God. That's just brushing it under, brush that under the rug, which is never a good thing to do. But it does keep us from pain for maybe a little bit. So that's why I'm gonna deaden the desire. But what did that lead to? It leads to interior deadness. And it's not a way to live one's life is walking around dead inside all the time. The Lord actually wants to, in, to, to, to keep our desires alive. The Canaanite woman would not allow the rejection by Jesus to deaden her desire, but she kept them alive. She endured the pain and she invited Jesus into that spot. And she was in communion with him. So I just want to end here with two quick tips on to help us stay engaged. First is going to come of no surprise. It's silence. It's, the, it's practice becoming aware of our desires. Right? For us to ask ourselves, what are, the lo- what are the longings of my heart? What do I want for my marriage? What do I want for the upcoming school year? And what do I do when my desires, when my longings go unmet? Do I acknowledge the pain? Do I acknowledge the disappointment and sit with it? Not sit with it alone, but sit with it and and invite Christ into it. Because that's what he's doing. He's inviting us to come to him in the midst of the pain. The unmet desires that we have. But doing that's difficult. Oftentimes, as soon as there's that ounce of pain, what do we do? Diversion. We scroll. Netflix, what have you. It's easier maybe to be to, to deaden the desire or become cynical. Jesus wants us to stay engaged with him. Secondly, lastly, it's simply 
to hope in God. This woman, this Canaanite woman, was so convinced that Jesus would fulfill, that he was the one to ultimately fulfill her, her desire. She had hope in God. You might say, well, Father Mark, it's easy for her. She ultimately got what she wanted. She came to the Lord over and over again, and her, she got what she wanted. Her daughter was ultimately healed. I've come to the Lord over and over and over again, even more than probably that woman. I, I've prayed more than her, and yet my, my, my plea, my prayer, the thing that I want and long for still hasn't come. And it maybe never will. Know this. This woman won, not because her daughter was healed, but because she, stay enga she stayed engaged. We need to know that ultimately our longings and desires will not be met fully in, on this earth. Not until heaven. Not until we're home. So even if a request is not granted, to have a knowledge that I have someone who cares for me, who loves me. And so even if I'm in that spot, like the Canaanite woman here this morning, for, for, us, for you to continue to hope in God, it's painful, but it requires engagement. So Jesus, he's drawing this woman deeper. He's drawing this woman deeper into union with him, deeper communion. He's increasing her capacity for love and he's doing the same for you and me. The question for you and me is whether or not you and I will stay engaged.